This is Brayden. Thank you for tuning in to Coffee Thoughts Podcast episode, who knows, maybe 78 or something like that. And uh, yeah, it's been a while. So I, I know I mentioned on a little YouTube short that I was planning to uh, to make one of these again. And I know you haven't really heard from me for a while. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to uh, just say hi and kind of talk, talk about some stuff, talk through some things. And hopefully you enjoy the episode and I'll give some updates at the end. Um, just as far as like, say we can fly stuff for anyone who wants to know. But of course, got a nice iced coffee here. I learned how to make espresso this year. Kind of got into uh, the whole art of doing that. So every morning, you know, I grind my beans and make a nice, uh, you know, iced americano and put it in a mason jar. Got a nice peanut butter jar today, and it's great. It's really nice. Honestly, taking that extra step and extra time to. You know, actually, like you know, put some energy into like making a coffee. It's re- it's actually been really nice. It's like weirdly kind of healing and therapeutic, and I try to kind of do that more. You know, just slow things down a bit more. And because before I'd be like, you know, just make some coffee at night and then heat it up in the morning. And you know, I mean, who's, who's, who wants that? You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, it does the job, I guess. But I see the value now in like really putting the time and energy into making coffee. And I feel like, in a way, it's a good metaphor for other things in life. Um, but anyways, yeah. So, all right, cool. So, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. <laughs> it's just kind of hard for me to do. I haven't really done this in, in a while and I've like so much I've, you know, wanted to kind of talk about and say. And so number one, obviously like I'm, I'm not on social media anymore. I decided last year I'm, I'm just leaving social media. I'm done with that. And, uh, I just don't want it in my life anymore. Um, and that was just a decision that I made and have thought about for years for sure. Um, and I finally just decided to do it. And I was like, I just, yeah, I'm just done, you know, feeling this constant kind of like dread about doing it. And like, oh, I need this thing in my life. Like I, you know, I depend on this thing and realizing how unhealthy it is and how toxic of a, you know, relationship that is to anything. Um, and that's why I didn't say anything. Cause I was just like, I just don't even, I don't even, this doesn't need to be a big deal. This is just something I'm, you know, I want to do. And, and, you know, I'm obviously still have my YouTube channel and I still have, you know, all my streaming platforms and stuff. So if you get any messages from anybody on social media pretending to be me, it is absolutely not me. I promise you that. Um, so yeah, so there's that. Um, and you know, I, I could kind of go into it for, you know, in super, a lot of detail, but honestly, all it comes down to is like having social media and have, you know, just tying my whole identity to that. And, you know, just, just the, the way it just wired my brain in such a, you know, messed up way. Um, I just was like, I'm done. Like, I can't continue living this way. I can't, I can't survive this way. Like outside of music, like I just personally, I'm like, this is killing me. Like this is, you know, a symptom of a problem maybe, or like, it's just like, this is the first step. And like, I, I just got to get, I got to get out of here type thing. Um, and I can tell you, like it, it was probably the best decision I've ever made. Um, because it like, honestly, just living life outside of that and not worrying about that, not giving like a shit about any of that. You just, you, you think about other things, you know, and you focus on other things and you're more present. And it's weird because, you know, obviously I saw some stuff like on YouTube and whatever people being like, Oh, I'm so worried about you. Like, are you okay? And I guess to me, it's like the fact that like, because you're not on social media, people worry about you and think something's wrong. Like to me, even it's like, man, guys, like, look at that. You know what I mean? It's like that, 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 that's abnormal. You know what I mean? Like, that's not healthy at all. Like it shouldn't, it should be the opposite. You know what I mean? Um, and again, it's like, I know everybody's different with this, but social media has been a huge part of my life for, you know, 15 years. 
And it just absolutely destroyed my mental health and spiritual health and, and physical health too. Like it's, you know, I, so I just was like, I'm done. I don't want any of this. And, and weirdly, you know, it hasn't affected anything negatively at all. Um, you know, especially just like business-wise, like with streaming or sales or anything, it just, it doesn't matter. Like, because I, you know, I guess like I, I kind of, my philosophy was like, I get rid of this and I start to focus on myself. That's, that's really what matters anyways, you know? Um, and this is kind of preventing me from, from growing and like working on the shit that I really need to work on. And, uh, yeah, so that's it. Um, I'm all good, you know, like it's, it's just something I don't want to do anymore. And I personally believe it's, you know, one of the worst thing that's, that's ever happened to society and the world and just, you know, how it's changed people and changed, you know, the way that people interact and like view themselves and view other people. And I think like for me personally, the only reason I was really using it was to get, you know, validation of like, Hey, Hey, I'm making this thing. I'm doing this thing. Like I'm working with somebody, you know, tell me I'm doing a good job. Like, you know, like my photo, like tell me, you know, and I just, I don't want to continue living my life based on what other people think. Cause that's what I have been doing. Everything that I've done is just like, Oh, how are, are people going to see this? How are, you know? And it's just like this constant, like building this like wall of like, you know, just, I don't know, inauthenticity and just like, I literally just killing me on the inside, you know? And, and it's like, I don't know that. So that's it. It's really nothing more than that. I'm, you know, I'll make music if I feel like it, but you know, I, uh, personally, you know, with say we can fly, I, um, I just realized it doesn't make me happy anymore. It doesn't fulfill me anymore. It's, you know, chasing these things and chasing the stuff. It does not make me happy. It's led me to just misery and, you know, depression and just like hating myself and, you know, just feeling super trapped and, uh, has nothing to do with you guys, obviously, you know, it's just my own journey with it. And it's just the nature of trying to chase, you know, success and, and money and, and stuff like that, like all that, you know, and I just was like, I, this just does not make me happy. And I need to have the courage to, to be okay with that and leave. Um, and that's what I did. And, and it's, it's interesting when you kind of do that with anything in your life, because, once you do that, once you realize you just don't need anything, you don't need something that you think you're tied to, it's like no one can take it from you anymore, you know, and no one can take this from you anymore um, because it's like I'm good. Like I'm I'm honestly good either way. Like if Spotify shuts down tomorrow and I, you know, everything gets wiped, like, okay, cool. Like I'm good, you know, um, and that's just me personally. So, you know, as far I know, because people are asking, like, are you going to go on tour and are you going to do this and this? Um, the answer is no, I, I won't be touring anymore. Um, I've consciously just decided I'm I'm not going to be doing any of that anymore for a lot of reasons. And, and I think really all it comes down to is like, it just doesn't make me happy. It just, it leads me down a dark path. You know, it makes me just, I don't know, I just really don't enjoy it. And it's so hard to stay just mentally afloat, you know, when you're doing that. And I know, again, this is just me personally. Um, it's just not good for me. It's not good for, you know, just any, any part of me. And maybe at one, at one time it was, it was fun and it was good, but you know, it's just not that anymore. Um, and you know, and part of it too is, and this is just like my experience, but I know it's not only my experience. I just think a lot of people that are kind of in the genre or this, whatever you call it, the scene that I've been in with say we can fly is like, people just do not really come to shows and, and, you know, playing for 20 to 50 people a night. It's like, you know, some people can say you should be grateful for that. And I can understand that. But when you've been doing it for 15 years, it's just like, all right, you know, let's, let's just call it what it is. And I'm good. You know, I don't want to continue to chase this and wonder, you know, when are people going to come? Maybe one day, maybe this and this. And it's just like, I'm good. I'm, I'm honestly good. I don't want to continue to just con con like constantly think about that and think about what, you know, what am I doing wrong? You know, and, and who do I need to be to, to get people to come and get people to care? And it's like, it's just all of these thoughts and all these things that I've been entertaining for years, just like, wow, 
Like, where has that got me? It's gotten me really nowhere. It's gotten me just like become somebody I hate and become somebody I don't want to be. And um, so anyways, that's that. And and as far as the whole project as a whole, you know, I feel like I probably got one more album in me, you know, as far as like the, I did, you know, Between the Roses, Beneath the Roses, sorry, I couldn't remember, Between the Roses, Beneath the Roses, I'll probably do one more and I feel like that'll be kind of like the conclusion. And really all I'm working on now as far as music is just EDM collabs. You know, I really, I enjoy doing that because it's like, I don't, music production is just kind of something that I have, I've learned to do like as a means to an end because I, I write these songs and I just want to get them done and I have to learn how to produce them. It's really not my favorite thing in the world to produce music. It's a ton of work and a lot of it is like technical work. Um, and I just, it's not my favorite thing. It's getting things to sound good and sound right is, is so hard, <laughs> especially when you just want to like get to the fun part, which to me is like mixing or like, you know, just like the finished product. So, you know, doing EDM collabs, it's like, I'm working with these amazing talented producers, like, you know, Vanth, you said the sky, you know, affinity, I'm doing something with Nurko now, like just these producers who are just so mind blowingly good. You know, it's like something I'll never just be able to do because I'll never put the time in to become that good. And I get to just then do my part, which is writing the lyrics and, and singing, you know, on top of what they do. And it's just like, it's, it's easier and it's just more fun. It's less pressure. And it's like, I know it's going to turn out great. So I've been kind of focusing on that. So, you know, I got, I got a bunch more of those kind of going on and, and maybe I'll continue to do those. But, you know, as far as the whole project, I, uh, I've just kind of done what I wanted to do with it. And that, to be honest, so I, uh, you know, I, I, in a way it's kind of, you know, this is the end of, of say we can fly, you know, but it's, it's not really, it's just, you know, I'm not going to be pursuing it as like, this is my whole life. This is my identity. Cause it's not, you know, um, it's not. And it's just, just something that I do and that it, you know, definitely parts that I enjoy and there's parts I hate, but it's just something I do. And it's like, I, what I enjoy now is like living my life and I enjoy just like not doing this stuff and not feeling like I have to do this stuff all the time. And, um, you know, I enjoy filmmaking now and that's something that I've started to, to dive more into. And I'll talk about that later on. That's going to be part of what I talk about. But, um, anyway, so hopefully that, you know, helps make sense. You know, I know people are just kind of wondering what's going on, but I just, I, yeah, that's it. Um, it's nothing, it's nothing bad. It's just a decision I made and I'm glad I made it and I needed to make it. And, uh, you know, we're all human and we just need to go through what, what we go through and deal with it. So that's it. Um, but again, you know, one of the parts that I have always kind of enjoyed is like the merchandise side of things. Um, and designing merchandise, you know, and like the e-commerce side. And that's something I've really just like focused on and dialed in a lot. And it's something that, uh, like, I, I really just, I'm always very surprised, like how many artists and bands do not, you know, put the time and energy into, to that stuff. You know, I've noticed this on, and I've consciously looked at this, like on, on tours that I've done and like shows I've done. It's like I, even like bigger, you know, fairly successful, bigger bands, their merchandise setup will just be like a couple t-shirts, you know, and like a little cash box where, you know, and I'm just like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, do you, do you realize like this, you know, I don't know. I guess kind of what I learned to do and how I learned to approach it was you need to be treating this like it's a retail business because it's like you have your music and then you have your merchandise. They're two totally separate brands. And, uh, you know, so that's something that I always was like, man, I just, I always wanted to have like the best merchandise setup, you know, of anybody, um, even if I'm not headlining or whatever. And I just made a point of doing that. And through that, I learned a lot. I learned how to sell stuff. I learned 
you know, how to just do things that way. <clears throat> and it's a lot of times I'm like, man, I just wish I could help other bands do this, but it's like, you can't, you got to pick your battles. Like, you know, you can't be putting like people, to, if people want to be helped, they'll ask, you know what I mean? Um, but anyway, so that's, you know, that's something that I, you know, even outside of touring, I've still tried to, tried to, you know, dial in and focus on. And, and obviously, you know, I've, I've launched a new merch shop called uh, say we can fly dot shop. I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, do the say we can fly thing instead of just the stay cozy thing. And, and I pause stay cozy. Um, and yeah, I put just a ton of effort into just getting a ton of like designs up there and like hoodies and shirts and hats and just everything, you know, because I just enjoy doing that. And I, and I look at it as just like, even though it's called say we can fly, I just still look at it. Yeah. It's just like a, it's a brand, you know, it's an apparel brand. Um, and yeah, so that's something that I've still been working on and still will probably continue to do. Um, and uh, this kind of leads me into my next thing, um, but yeah, before I before I go into that, I do have a yeah I have a, um, a Valentine's collection dropping um, on February first, and what I'm going to do is just drop a new collection on the first of every month, basically just to kind of keep it fresh, keep it going. Um, so I, I may or may not leave stuff up, you know, like I, I'll probably take some stuff down from the previous month. So, you know, just kind of like bring in the new stuff and not have it like insanely overwhelming. So that's the plan. I'm, I'm doing a giveaway on the second Friday of every month as well, uh, or the first Friday of every month. Uh, sorry. Um, so, and it'll be a two week giveaway every month. You know, you can enter, it's free. You can buy extra entries if you want. It's, it's literally just like totally random. Um, you know, like I don't, I just literally go through, I put the order numbers in like a random number generator and, um, you know, and boom, there we are. So yeah, so you can do that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, but uh, yeah, so that kind of leads me into, uh, my next thing, which is AI. And I, so I got an email the other day from somebody who, was very angry that I, you know, had used an AI generated image for my, you know, my next song called Apnea, which is coming out February 9th, uh, by the way. And, uh, they said, yeah, like I'm out, you know, I'm good. I, I can't believe you're doing this. Like as an artist, you should know how bad this is. And, you know, I read that and I was just like, Hmm, interesting. You know, um, number one, like, I think that's part of the problem with social media and the internet. It's like, why would you like the fact that you think you can just even send an email like that to someone you don't know, um, I think is the problem. You know what I mean? And it's just like why we've lost, like why there's just constant fighting and arguments because, you know, you have to be right. No one else can be, can be, you know, disagree with how you feel. And that's kind of really just, I think like the fundamental problem in, in at least, you know, North America and probably the rest of the world too. Um, because, social media has given you this, you know, sense of entitlement to where it's like, you believe these things and everyone else who doesn't is wrong and should be canceled. And, and, you know, they don't deserve to live. And, and because, you know, social media feeds you more of what you want and what you think. So you kind of develop this thing where it's like, oh, wow, you disagree with me and you think differently, like you're totally wrong and you should, you know, you should be scolded and punished for this. And I think that was part of like why I read that. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm still just glad I got out of this whole thing. Um, but you know, besides that, I think uh, it kind of brings up another thing with AI because I don't know how, you know, some some of you guys might not even care about AI, not follow it at all, but I do. I follow it closely and I, I really, I am very interested in it because I just think it's such a, like, it's 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 insane. It's it's absolutely nuts. And I've, you know, I, I kind of got into it like a couple of years ago and just learning about it and stuff. But obviously now it's just, you know, there's so many, so many AI tools and so much development there that it's impossible to keep up. Um, but obviously, you know, there's, there is the whole thing of like art, AI, you know, versus AI type thing, you know, human art and, and AI computer art. Um, 
and that doesn't just mean visual art. That doesn't mean just like pictures and graphics. That I mean, that's everything. That's writing. You know, that's music. That's that's movies. That's videos. Like it's literally everything. Um, so, you know, this email was. It said, you know, as an artist, you should know how bad this is. And I I, I get it. I do. I understand that side of it. I do. I, I understand. You know, you. It's it. It makes sense to be like, oh, this thing is ruining art it's taking over art you know there's going to be no room for artists and and you can have that perspective and i i think at first i was kind of worried about that i was thinking about that too but then i started to realize like man like there are so many tools that i can use to enhance my creativity and enhance my art that does not take away from it at all you know like as long as you're still working and you're still creating like that that will never go away like the human element that will never go away. And, and, and to me, it's like, I've, I've adopted the view that like these tools, if anything, they just enhance your ability to create because there are parts of creating that I'm sure nobody likes. It's just stuff you have to do. Um, you know, for me, it's like writing this movie and working on this movie. It's like, I am not good with story structure. I'm just not, I've, I've always had a hard time with it. I just have these ideas. I'm like, I just want to do this. I just want like, I don't know how to make it make sense. So now I get to be like, okay, how can I take these ideas and structure them into you know, a, a story that's cohesive and has an arc. And I get to just ask AI that. And then it tells me, and then I say, okay, great. So now I take these pieces and I write each piece I'm like, oh, great. That makes a lot of sense. I never would have got there on my own, you know, maybe after years and years and years. But for me, that's like, okay, well that makes what I'm working on a lot better and a lot easier because I use this tool to get there, you know? And I don't think it's a good idea to be against all these tools and just shut them out, you know, and with the AI art, I can understand that more for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, I think like for me, the goal with AI is to, is to mix being a human and mix human creativity with it. I don't think you just take what it does and then you use that and you say it's yours. I don't, I don't think that I think you need to use it as a tool. Um, so, you know, even with AI art and stuff, it's like, I, I am not able to I can't do visual art. I can do graphic design. I can do digital stuff. I just cannot do like draw this or like, you know, design this in Photoshop with my hand. Like I just can't do that. Like I've just never been good at it. So being like, okay, I have this idea and like, you know, generating this kind of rough design, then I can then take that and then, you know, edit it and, and change it and take elements from other, you know, pieces and, and put it in there. And like, then I get to do that. But I never would have got there without either spending thousands of dollars, which yes, I get, okay, support artists. Yeah, I've done that lots. Like I've paid artists to do things like my whole career and I get that and I understand that. But, you know, no one's paying me to generate an AI you know, music track. Okay, cool. Like, that's fine. Like, I don't, I, if you can like, you know, cause it's, <laughs> I guess it's like, what I'm saying is like, it's the same as like with music. It's like, you can make a free AI, you know, beat or track or whatever. I'm not sitting here like mad about it. Like, great dude. Like, yeah. I mean, if that's going to help you to create more and you're just going to be able to like make a song and put it out, like, hell yeah, do it all day. Like I'm, I'm all about that. Why would I sit here and tell you not to do that? Like, it's on me if I'm not getting work, you know what I mean? Like it's on me if I'm not like going out there and getting, you know, making money or, or doing this, like that's not your problem, you know? And i I feel the same with art and stuff like that. So for me, the challenge is, okay, how do I take this and make it human. You know what I mean? Um, and that's how I look at it. And you don't have to agree. You don't have to, you know, I, whatever you think about it, that's how you feel and you're entitled to that. And that's great. But I, you know, that's how I feel about it. And that's, and I have seen it, you know, gen genuinely just like skyrocket my productivity. And I'm like, I'm, why would I not continue doing that? You know? Um, because it's just like, my whole goal is just like, I want to create these things. I have these ideas and it's like, how can I get there? 
the quickest way possible and the most efficient way possible. And I think that's kind of like with business, like, yeah, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to make things like garbage. You don't want to like put out like garbage things, but I think like, why would you not take the most efficient route? And there's these tools that are, you know, allowing you to do that. Um, and most of them are free, you know, um, like even with video, it's like, there's a couple scenes in our movie, which I'll, again, I'll talk about that are, you know, VFX, like we need VFX, but now it's like, I don't have to spend like thousands of dollars that I need to put toward like, you know, the production or other things. I can just be like, okay, there's this one shot here. Like we need a crashed plane here. Like do it. AI will do it. And it's like, awesome. That's amazing. You know, like I, I <laughs> it's like, yes, to me, like I, I embrace that and I get it. I, I just really don't think it's if you're good at what you do and you put yourself out there, like I, I personally still believe that as, as amazing as AI tools get, people are, you know, there's nothing like the the human touch. And maybe one day there will be, but I personally still think like there's always going to be a value in that, you know? Um, and maybe I'm wrong, but who knows? But, you know, I, I'm just saying like, I think if you're not putting yourself out there and you're not saying like, this is what I can offer you and getting clients and getting, you know, it's like, that's on you, you know? So I, I just don't think it's taken anything away from anybody personally. I think you can sit there and like, you know, play the victim card and be like, oh, this is taking things away. And I understand like, yeah, like literally it will take away some jobs and stuff like that. I get that. I'm not, I'm not like naive to that, but I also think it's like, <clears throat> okay, then think ahead and think like, okay, like what, how can I add more value to myself and, and my talents to, so that doesn't happen? And so that, you know, and maybe I, okay, maybe that just, I changed my direction in life, you know? And I think that's all you just got to have to embrace it because it's not going to stop, you know? And that's kind of part of why I think like you can sit there and be upset about it or, you know, push it away, but it's just not going to stop, you know? And like, I think that if you don't start figuring out how to use these things to better your life and enhance your creativity and your business, whatever, you're going to fall behind. And that's kind of what I'm thinking about. And there's endless tools. And I think you just have to pick the ones that you know are going to help you and the ones that you're going to use and focus on those. So for me, that's like chat GPT. That's like, you know, mid journey. And that's, you know, like just some other like random things. Um, but it's mostly ChatGPT and like learning how to use that and learn, and you know building these AIs for specific things you know like life coaching or like you know business management and stuff like that because it's like why why would I not use that like of course you know it's like it's already helped me negotiate contracts and read contracts that I couldn't understand I would have to hire a lawyer for thousands of dollars like I why would I not do that you know um, and I'm just I'm just being totally honest and like again you can hate me and you can unsubscribe whenever that's that's totally fine like that's you know that's your your call but I think some of you guys will probably agree with me and understand this and like realize that I, you know, you can either embrace it or not. And I think embracing these things is, is a smart thing to do and it's going to get you ahead. Um, cause I've just already just seen a lot of differences in how I operate and like my, how I feel and how I think now just after using these tools and, and coming to conclusions or, you know, perspectives that I wouldn't have otherwise. So anyways, that's kind of my, I just want to share that. So Anyways, yeah, so that's that, um, and I ho you know, hopefully that makes sense. I just kind of wanted to address that, and I know nobody asked, but just kind of that email got me thinking about it, and, um, you know, it's, my goal is, obviously, if I use AI for art specifically, it's like, I don't want it to look like an AI image, and yeah, sometimes it will, and that's whatever, but my goal is to, like, not have it look like that, so the fact that I got that email was like, okay, I could have done a better job. I definitely could have, you know, um, and I didn't take enough time to put my creativity into that, but I also just kind of wanted to get artwork for the song and just get it out and get it uploaded, and I just kind of wasn't putting that much attention onto it, um, so anyways, and yeah, so, and I think also just you got to 
yeah, I don't even know what else there is to say about it. There's just so many insane tools. You know, you can you can literally make a digital avatar of yourself that looks and talks and sounds exactly like you now. And I don't, most people probably don't even know about that, but that's a tool, you know, and it's like, you can do that. Most A lot of businesses do that for explainer videos now. It's like, you know, you record yourself talking for two minutes and you and it will take that and generate this virtual you that you then can just record, you know, scripts or voice and it will just like generate this video of you talking, but it's not really you talking. Um, you know, stuff like that where it's like, you know, I, I personally probably won't use that, but like, I just mean, you know, for a business, like, yeah, why would you not do that? You know, you don't have to hire somebody to make a video every time. It's like, you're going to save money that you can put towards other things. And I don't know, it's, I could go on and on, but that's how I feel about it. And, uh, yeah. So I want to see, I, now I want to talk about filmmaking and, and talk about Farlight. Cause it's kind of been something that I've, you know, just, it's probably kind of vague and, you know, we've probably seen some stuff on it about it or posts about it and stuff, but I wanted to kind of talk a little more thoroughly into, into Farlight and, and the filmmaking process. So for anyone who doesn't know, Farlight is a movie that I'm, I'm working on making and, uh, it's a horror movie, um, that I've been writing over the course of a couple of years. And, uh, essentially what it is, it's a collection of stories, you know, I don't know exactly how many it's going to be, be between three and five stories. Um, but it's kind of like an anthology. So every story, you know, is its own thing, but they're all connected and they're, you know, they're all set in this town of Farlight and there's kind of an overarching, you know, narrative. Um, so, so it's a collection of stories and, and it's fun because every story, every shoot gets to be its own thing. And, and I definitely look forward to the next project where it's just one movie and it's one cohesive story. Cause it's, it is, you know, it's a lot, a lot of work to have to like set up each story and figure it out on its own and stuff like that. Like I, I look forward to the next thing, um, whatever that may be. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to talk through Farlight where it's at. So obviously we did, you know, an Indiegogo, uh, campaign for that. And just thank you to everyone who donated to that. And we raised, you know, some money, which was great. Um, and you should have all, you know, if you've got a hoodie or a, a post or whatever, it should be there, uh, weeks ago. So hopefully everyone got their stuff. Um, but you know, basically kind of where we're at. So we started off with shooting this, uh, one of the stories called old dog, which we shot in, uh, I think August maybe. And, uh, that was, you know, my first time working with, you know, the crew that I'm working with now, our first time really doing it. We just like went to this secluded cabin and we're like, all right, we're doing this. Like I just had the script. I had the props. And I was like, that's it. You know, we had our camera. We're shooting on a Sony, uh, Sony a7S three. And, um, yeah, so <laughs> that's, that's really all we had. And we, and we shot for like a week or so. And it was like the insanely brutal, like boiling hot, you know, the worst sleeps ever sleeping in this cabin we're shooting at and, you know, just props and like gear, like literally just everywhere. And like any, if we had to shoot in the living room, we had to like clear everything out, shovel it out from the living room and like put it in the kitchen <laughs> so we could set, you know, set the living room up and then do the same thing for shooting in the kitchen, whatever. And a lot of it was just kind of like playing around, you know, um, cause old dog is just like the story, you know, it was the first thing I wrote for Farlight and it's like, it's kind of an abstract, weird story. Um, you know, and I, I didn't really know, I guess like it was so much at once to, you know, we shot it and I was like, okay, cool. Like we did this and like, I'm going to try to edit it and make something out of it. So we wrapped up that, you know, I, I edited, I, I, you know, put it together and it turned out, you know, 15 minutes or so really interesting, pretty cool, like visually, you know, short film type. I mean, it kind of felt more like a short film, just, but you know, I was like, yeah, we can do better. And and that was kind of what I thought. I was like, yeah, this is cool, but it's not good enough. And, and I want to do better and, and we can do better. So, um, you know, I started to think, okay, like, how can we, how can we do better? And how can I, you know, so I just started doing more research and stuff. And then I ended up writing, uh, the next one, which is called Hedgemill. 
And that, it's interesting because Hedgemill is a story that me and my friend Micah, who uh, one of my best friends, you know, he plays Tyke on Dake and Tyke. And we, we literally talked about the story when we were in grade seven, you know, so I don't know how old we are, like 11 or something like that. And always talking about making movies and talking about the story. And so I, I ended up writing that into like a, you know, into Farlight basically. And I think I actually did write it with Old Dog or maybe before we shot, yeah, I wrote it before we shot Old Dog. But in my head, it was like, okay, we're going to have to shoot Old Dog and then try to go after funding and, and get money to make this because Hedgemill and anything else will just be impossible to shoot, you know, ourselves. And that was my mindset. And then we did Old Dog and I was like, wow, like, wait a minute, maybe we could do it. So I started to think, okay, wait, like, could we do this? Like, let me just in my mind, explore the possibility. So I started to kind of write out like, okay, what props would, would we need? What locations would we need? And I was like, okay, you know what? This actually might be doable. And like, I might just be able to pay for this and do it. Um, so I just started to get in my head, okay, we can do this. And like, let's use this now as the chance to outdo ourselves. So we, I was like, okay, we're going to shoot on uh, a red helium 8k, which is an amazing cinema camera. They use it for like stranger things. I think they use it for a bunch of like the, the Marvel movies, like a lot of, you know, big movies will use, you know, the red cameras and they're, they're honestly amazing. So it's just like going from a Sony to a red, it was just like the difference was absolutely nuts. And I, I never really explored red before because for some reason it was just a camera that everyone was always like, oh yeah, red red looks like garbage. It's not good. I don't know why people say that, you know, but that's all I ever heard about it. So I just never even looked into it. But then I just kind of stumbled up upon it one day and I started to like research it and I was like, wow, this camera honestly seems like it's amazing. Um, and, you know, there's these menu online things that you can like, uh, kind of practice with the camera menu. So I started to do that and I was like, oh, this is like pretty straightforward to use. And it's actually like easier than like the Sony menus and stuff like that. And sorry, I know I'm kind of getting into like technical stuff, but um, so like, okay, we're going to shoot on the red because, you know, it's just like, I've seen what this camera can do. And I, so then I was like, okay, what lens we're going to use. So I started to kind of research and I was like, I want to use like amazing glass. Cause you know, there's like the cook lenses, which are used on like a lot of like big movies. It's just like a beautiful lens, but they're like 50 to a hundred thousand dollars, you know? Um, and then there's like, uh, like the Ari lenses and like, there's so many different high end lenses, but I kind of, you know, cause obviously, you know, when you shoot a film, like unless you own everything, you're, you're renting this gear. Right. Um, and most big productions will just rent stuff. Um, so, and that's, you know, obviously kind of what we were looking to do. So I was like, okay, like, you know, we can either shoot on these cook lenses or whatever, but it's like, we have to then rent like, you know, a uh, 20 millimeter lens and a 50 mil and then like a 70 mil, we have to rent all these separate lenses and it's just like so expensive. So I kind of came across this one lens called the Angenot lens, which is like an older kind of cinema zoom lens, uh, which they used on Better Call Saul. If anyone's seen that, it's the lens that they used on that. I don't know if they shot the whole thing with that, um, but it's a beautiful lens. So I was like, okay, this is a zoom lens. It goes from, I can't remember, maybe 30 to 90 millimeter. That's like everything we pretty much need for this. It's like, all right, let's do that. So we're on the red and the engine you know, boom like beautiful combination so yeah so i was like all right let's start planning the shoot so we started planning it got our locations locked got our props you know locked in and uh yeah and then it was like okay well we got to figure out how to do proper audio so just kind of learn how to do you know the boom and like our cinematographer josh like knows how to do all that stuff so this is our fr so you know for old dog we didn't have a proper audio setup for this we're like okay we got to have a proper audio setup so that's going to be the next thing so we shot hedge mill and i'm just like finishing i well i finished editing it and i'm just finishing up the audio because i've been learning how to do like surround sound you know dolby 5.1 mixing and almost finishing that like i'll probably finish it today and honestly it turned out just like oh my like just so much better than old dog and like 
to the point where I was like, okay, we're reshooting old dog. So anyway, so Hedgemill, you know, that's kind of like our starting point for the film. Um, and I'm really excited about it. I, I really am. And it's just like, you know, there, there's, to me, you know, just having this experience and finally doing this, because, you know, I've worked on movies before. I've worked on like Cup of Cheer and a, uh, another horror movie called The Taste of Blood and just some other, you know, I've been on sets a lot, but I, this is like my first time actually shooting my own movie and something that like always felt impossible, just seeing like, nope, this is possible. You, th- there is a way to do this and it, you can do it. Um, it's just been such an amazing experience. So now even with Hedgemill, it's like, okay, you know, we've edited it, we've learned, like, I've figured out, okay, so next time this is what we need to do. We need to have like more cinematic camera movement. You know, we have to figure out like how to use, you know, dollies and glide cams and whatever, because that's kind of the next missing piece. We got the audio, you know what I mean? So now it's like, okay, now we need to outdo ourselves again for the next one. And that's kind of how I'm taking these things. And it's just been awesome because it's really just been so similar to to music and to how that all kind of started. Um, and it's just been a great, honestly, great learning experience. I think part of part of the whole, my decision with Save We Can Fly and everything is because, you know, being on set and doing this, I was just like, this brings me joy. This brings me happiness. Like this, I, I feel that love. I feel that passion that I started, you know, Say We Can Fly with that I do not feel with that anymore. And I had to just be like, okay, like I have to just be okay with that and realize that, you know, the music stuff is not what I want anymore. It's not what makes me happy. And it's like, I never, I was never like, oh, I'm going to quit music so I can be a full-time filmmaker. It's not even about that. It's not about like, oh, I'm going to do this as like my full-time thing. Like, no, it just was like, I can't continue to pretend that I love something that I don't and pretend to put all my, you know, energy and love into this thing that is just like, not, I just don't care about it that much anymore. I care about doing this and however that happens or if it does or doesn't happen, whatever, but like, I'm going to try, I'm going to try because when I'm on a, you know, on a set with my crew, like, it's just us, like nothing else matters at all. Like nothing at all. It's just like, we're, we're making this movie, we're telling this story and that's like becomes, becomes everything. It becomes your entire world. And it's like, that is the best feeling ever. And, you know, I used to have that feeling when I was in the studio and I was working on music and, and stuff like that. But, um, I feel that just now with filmmaking and it's like, this is just what I, I want to wake up every day and do. And I love doing this. And unfortunately with filmmaking, especially doing like the first movie, it just, it, it's a lot, you know, cause I'm doing like mostly everything by myself. Like just as far as like the writing, you know, I'm working with my buddy Dustin on, you know, he's, he's been a massive part of like doing these movies too, um, doing this movie too. And like, we just always work together on the, the prep part of it, you know? So I'm very thankful I have him to, uh, you know, to, to help me with th- these things. And, um, but yeah, as far as like, you know, the, the technical stuff, like I'm doing all the editing, you know, the color grading and the audio and maybe, you know, maybe down the road, we'll send it out, have someone else do audio. Cause it's very, you know, it's a very important aspect, but I'm just banking on doing these things myself. So it's like very, it takes a long time. It's like very draining and exhausting, you know, having to do all these different steps because, you know, I have to first bring in the footage, which is like hundreds of gigabytes of footage, you know, then I have to you know, convert it all into proxies, which I can work with. And then I have to edit it. I have to go through everything and edit it. And after that's done, okay, cool. Then I have to go and clean up the dialogue and clean up the audio, um, which is a whole other process. It takes forever. But thankfully, that again, there's an AI tool because, you know, a lot of times on set, there's just noise in the background. There's like our, you know, our fog machines making noise. Sorry, our, our haze machines making noise. It's like humming. You know, there's random banging and random whatever. But thankfully, there's an AI tool that just takes all that away and makes the dialogue sound incredible. And we would have been screwed without that. And I'm very thankful for that. So that's, again, another thing. So it's like, why would I not use that? Um, so, that you know, that's a whole other process. And then once that's done, I have to go in and I have to, like, level it all and balance it all. 
Um, and then I have to go in and build the environment. So I have to build like the, you know, the cricket sounds at night and like the wind and then like the, the interior of the house room tone and stuff like that. Like none of what you see in a movie is actually really what's recorded besides dialogue. Like that's all just like added in after. Um, and then I have to do all the sound effects, you know, like if a chain moves, I got to make that just sound realistic or someone like footsteps, like you have to do all that at the same time being creative and being like, I have to make this environment like interesting and like immersive and like scary. You know what I mean? So it's a lot. And then it's, so I'm, that's the step that I'm on now and I'm just finishing that up. And then I'm going to have to go and do color grading, you know, taking every shot and making sure it matches, you know, color wise and like setting a creative look and exposure. And then I have to do music after that. So it's a lot of steps, you know, but I, I'm willing to do it all because I, you know, I just feel such a purpose for doing it. Um, it's not even about like how many views will this get? I don't care. I really don't. I, my, my goal is just, I just need to see this through. I need to tell the story. I need to put it out there and that's it. And, and I think that's like the best way to do anything and to do, you know, and I think that's like why you should do most creative endeavors. Um, and I get the money side of it, you know, it'd be awesome to make like money doing this, but it's like, I really just don't think about that. And I think that's like when, you know, it's kind of like what you're supposed to be doing. Um, so anyway, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at with that. And, you know, once that's done, I am going to talk to some, you know, film distributors and kind of just start having some conversations and just being like, hey, this is like what we have so far. And this is the rest of the film. Like it's written, you know, I did like an audio soundscape, like narration of the next story. So I have that to kind of, you know, show people as well. But I, it's just kind of, I'm going to approach it like, yeah, we're going to finish this regardless. Like just, you know, we're going to, if we have to self-distribute it, we will. Um, but hey, if you want to hop on board, like that would be great. You know, and that's how I'm going to approach it when I'm having these conversations and whatever I got to do to get it out and on a streaming service, you can watch it. I'm going to do, I don't know how long it'll take. You know, I'm really, I wanted to finish it all last year, but it's totally changed. And like, it just takes a long time. Cause you know, we all have other things we do, you know, for work and whatever. So it's got to be scheduling. It's got to be, you know, just a lot of prep. Um, so, but we are hoping to shoot our next story in the next like three months or so. And then, you know, I want to reshoot old dog as well. So, you know, we still got at least two more to do, maybe three, maybe four, who knows, but probably like three. Um, and then, yeah, just got to bring it all together and edit it and, and all that stuff. So it's going to it's gonna be a while, but I just kind of want to like give you some insight on it and kind of what it's been like um, because it's really just – I love it. I love it so much, um, you know, just because I obviously I love acting, you know, and that's kind of why I started to write it was because I just wanted to write myself roles. And in Hedgemill, you know, I played uh, – if anyone's seen our, you know, Dake and Tyke, I played Dake and Micah played Tyke, you know, and we did basically Dake and Tyke characters with different names in this, you know, horror world. And it was just so fun. It was just so awesome. Like it was, you know <laughs> – so now I'm just like, all right, so I've written myself, you know, a role for the next story and I just – like I want to challenge myself to play like a super weird like – Dahmer type character. I want to just say, like, what can I do? Like, how can I push myself here and just play this new character, you know? Because I love doing that. And, you know, I, I we have like some amazing people coming in to, to play some other roles. You know, my friend Baz Black from from Ireland is, is going to be playing one of the roles. And, and, you know, I get to then work with him and like his talents and he's like insanely talented. You know, and it's just like, okay, so that's just another opportunity to like create something amazing and new and a totally new experience. And, you know, and then it's like for the last story or whatever, like, you know, then what can we do there? You know, I want to write, um, you know, a role for, for Micah in this one. I want to see what he can do. Like, it's just, it's so cool because you just get to play and like do whatever you want when it's your own thing, you know? Whereas like, if I was just sitting here, like trying to audition and hoping that, you know, one day I'll get a role and stuff. It's like, I, I just don't want to do that. I just want to like build my own thing and then continue to do that because it's like, no one can take that. You know what I mean? It's like, 
build my own thing and, and play these roles and stuff. It's like, if I do or do not get other roles, cool. That's fine. I'm working on this. So that's fine. And it's just like very freeing to do. And I'm sure at least one person listening to this wants to, you know, wants to be a filmmaker, wants to make movies and stuff. I just like want you to know it is possible and it doesn't take, you know, thousands and millions of dollars. If you have a camera, couple lights, couple friends, like do it. You can do it. You can do it. You don't you just have to learn how to do it. You have to learn how to do every step, which you can because I have done it. I've learned how to do these things and you can. You can learn on YouTube, I promise you. You know, and DaVinci Resolve is the editing and color grading software that I use. It's free. You do not need to pay for it. Like it's it's an industry standard, um, amazing editing software, um, you know. And the color capabilities are just like unreal. And like if you, it's free, so there's no excuse not to do it. Um, and you know, like you know, we shot on a Sony, which to you know, I, I owned it at the time, but to rent Sony is a couple hundred bucks. Like it's really, you know, you can scrape that together. And, and a Sony is an amazing camera to shoot on. It's just like, for me, it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't, it didn't do what we needed for, you know, the super dark, you know, super, like it just didn't quite do it. Um, so I wanted to use a real cinema camera, but you know, there's so many cameras coming out all the time that like these older cameras, which are still incredible are going down in value. So it's even easier to do it. Um, so I'm just saying like, if you, you have an idea, like you can totally do it. Um, and if you can't do it, you know, just ask for help and, and, and look around for people that can help you. So, um, anyway, so yeah, that's where we're at with, with Farlight. I just wanted to share that. Um, so yeah, thank, thanks so much for listening to all this. I really appreciate it. And, you know, again, like, you know, I'm sure I'll pop up on YouTube and stuff every, you know, whenever, but, um, the main way I'm communicating is through my, my email list, my mailing list. Um, so if you're, you know, if you're on there you've probably been getting a lot of emails, so that's just how I've been communicating now. So if you want to be on that, just go to say we can fly dot shop and go to the bottom of the page and, uh, enter your email. Or if you place an order there, then you'll automatically be added to that. So yeah. Um, so that's that, but anyways, I think that's pretty much all I wanted to say. just wanted to give some insight on all that stuff and, um, you know, hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you, uh, understand where I'm coming from and everything. So Cool. Well, I, uh, I'm going to go actually continue working on Hedgemill now. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. I genuinely really appreciate it. I hope that everyone's doing well and thank you for all the support over the years and, you know, just like caring about what I'm doing. Cause I always am very conscious of how, you know, blessed I am to have just an audience like you guys, like just seriously, just so dedicated. And so like, you know, cares about what I'm doing and just like, I don't know. It's just, it really means a lot. Cause I've gone through a lot of times in my life where I'm like, I, why would anyone care about what I do? Like, why would I, you know, and just like this crazy mental, like seeing myself as just like a failure, you know, all the time. And just to feel that support sometimes, it just really means the world to me, you know? So thank you for that. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to show you Farlight, honestly. Like I, I, I'm so excited about it. You know, I just can't wait for you to watch it. And, uh, Hopefully you enjoy it. And the next project, you know, we do, I'm sure won't be a horror movie. I still want to shoot that Sparrow and Her Bones movie and, uh, you know, may rewrite it. Who knows? But, you know, I, I think then I just wanted to get a horror movie done and make it and, you know, kind of move on. So we'll see what happens next. But anyways, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. I hope you have a great day or night. And of course, as always, stay cozy. Peace.